Thank you so much. Is it on? Yeah? Good. Thank you so much. I loved what Quincy said. Thank you for me. <laughs> I love that. So let's thank God for Quincy as well. <laughs> but I, actually, there's something good about this. I think it'd be good if all of us could say, thank you, Jesus, for me. Isn't it? Yeah. We must be very thankful that we are His and that He loves us. But it's good to, in that sense, be very positive about ourselves as well. So thank you for that example, Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a privilege to be with you. Uh, so much enjoyed the time already. So many different faces and lives I've met. Uh, young lives and some older. And uh, so I feel privileged. I come from uh, a place called Maastricht. We just planted, are planting a church there. And so at the moment we're meeting in a home. Uh, we've got about uh, a couple of people. Uh, so it's very old days. I'm not counting, you know. It's uh, uh, every time you count that someone is leaving, someone has added or whatever. <laughs> but uh, so we're meeting this morning, and uh, I promised everywhere I go, I will greet, uh, I, I will pass on the greetings of the young church plant. So all of you uh, greeted by them, and please pray for us. Pray that uh, we will find people <laughs> and find the right people. Find the people that are. You know, God has already put the hand, his hand on them. And also that people will find us in this season. So we would value your prayers. This coming Thursday, that's not Dutch, but we have a Thanksgiving meal. Uh, just because we're international and we uh, use any means to invite people. And so we thought this is a good means to invite people. Jordan actually will be joining us. And uh, <laughs> she'll be there the weekend with us. And uh, so she'll bring out full report when she's back on how it's gone. But please pray for that uh, Thursday night as friends are coming and neighbors are coming and hopefully be a good way of introducing them to some more friends. Okay, um, love your prayers. So let's read. I'm reading from Acts 4, a couple of verses from verse 23 onwards. And also a passage from Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 12 from verse 18. So Acts 4, verse 23 onwards, and uh, a passage from Hebrews 12. I'm reading them from the message, not because I think it's a good translation to study from, but it's a good translation to read from, as it is fresh and can bring some freshness to us. It says that as soon as Peter and John were to let go, they went to their friends and told them what the high priests and religious leaders had said. And what they had said basically is that they were threatening them, never speak and teach again on the name of Jesus. So that's about all they gave to them. Hearing the report, they lifted their voices in a wonderful harmony in prayer. Strong God, you made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. And then verse 30, take care of their threats. And give your servants fearless confidence in preaching your message as you stretch out your hand to us in healings and miracles and wonders done in the name of your holy servant Jesus. While they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak God's word with fearless confidence. So spirit-filled people were filled with the Spirit again. 
and then in Hebrews 12, verse 18, unlike your ancestors, you didn't come to Mount Sinai, all that volcanic blaze and earth-shaking rumble to hear God speak. And then verse 22, no, that's not your experience at all. You've come to Mount Zion, the city where the living God resides. And then in verse 24, you've come to Jesus, who presents us with a new covenant, a fresh charter from God. And in verse 26, his voice that that time shook the earth to its foundations. This time, he's told us this quite plainly, he'll also rock the heavens. (laughs) One last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stern. The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but also brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He is actively cleaning house, touching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So, um, turning to Acts 4, you the disciples received all kinds of threats not to speak about the name of Jesus, all kinds of warnings, and they came back and Together with the church, they prayed. And secondly, they prayed. They came to the essence of what church is all about. It is a praying community. They were not forming a committee. You're not not to discuss the cultural relevance of what just had happened. (laughs) Not how to to uh, adapt to the threats that were there. Not at all. What they did is they prayed to God to intervene, to do something about it, for his presence to take over every meeting that they had. So their prayers were not focused on themselves. And if I would be in that place and I'd just been threatened not to speak about the name of Jesus, I would pray for myself. They didn't. They were praying for the advance of the kingdom of God, not about their protection, but about strength to hold on. Not to freak out, not to give in, but to persevere. Basically, prayers that brought the Holy Spirit down, that's what happened. God loves prayers that will help us to do what the church is supposed to do. The underlying faith in our prayers, God cannot resist those. And it feels like, yes, we have taken some beating. But now we are much more ready in going out again. We're not here for ourselves. We are here for the mission. Never forget whatever happens. You are here for the mission. It's an amazing response. You know, I don't know. You read at times these things, you know, you, you read it early morning and the place shook and you think, well, I'll take another chocolate and a cup of coffee. Be fine. No, the place shook. The place really shook. You know, it's an amazing response. I don't know if you've ever been in an earthquake. I've been at places where I felt a bit of tremor in Romania when there was an earthquake in Bucharest. I felt a tremor. I felt a little bit of it in the distance. 
just a little bit. But I've never been in a real earthquake. But just over this last week, you watched the news of what happened in Iraq and just how it touched Iran and how houses are ruined. And you see the picture of people running out of the house, running out of the shop, staying on the streets. Not here in Act 4. There was no fear. The only thing that happened was faith. And the question I had when I read this is, why did they do it this way? Why did they not run away in fear? So the place was trembled, the place shook, but not them. Instead of fear, they responded with faith. The trembling of the building stirred them inside. So they were not running away from something. It's almost like they were running into something. And Hebrews 12, I feel, gives us insight of what was in the minds and the hearts of the disciples when they stayed there in the way that they did. And I think Hebrews 12 will help us, not <laughs> by the next earthquake, but it will help us how to respond when you and I face trouble or shaking in our lives and how to stay not only calm, but to receive faith in the midst of all the shaking that goes on. So Hebrews 12 says this, what you and I have not come to. So the writer says, what you haven't come to. And Tim Keller says about the coming to, he says, the coming to here refers to a fundamental and spiritual approach to God and to life itself. It is how we handle the unexplainable things in life. And I've had a few unexplainable things in my life happen. You? Those things happen. How we face difficulties, how we deal with pain in our lives, how we face failure, how we face criticism. The question is this, how do you approach God at those times? Who is God in those kind of situations to you? To what or to whom are we running? And this earthquake, the one we haven't come to, that earthquake happened in the past. It happened in the Old Covenant. That earthquake only had to do with the earth, with what could not be touched. You know, in those days, the nearness of God and getting close to God was a fearful thing. You just read the scripture. It was a fearful thing to get close to God. You know, it's when Moses went up the mountain and came down with the law. But it's so different for us. When Jesus went up, the Spirit came down. <laughs> Not the law. The Spirit came down. Grace came down. The love of God came down. It's a different mountain. You and I have, and I have not come to that mountain that could not be touched. Now the Hebrew writer says, what you and I have come to. You know, God isn't in every earthquake. But certainly, God is in some earthquakes. When Jesus was crucified, it says in Matthew 27, the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. And the tombs broke open. The tombs broke open. 
People that were dead came to life. They came in the streets. You know, I'm not sure if I wanted to see that. Oh, there's, there's one sense in me, I would love to see that. And the next thing, that must be frightening. To see your neighbor come, <laughs> come back to life. Some of you think, yeah, that must be frightening. <laughs> no, but it's quite, you know, it's a scary thing, but it's also this beautiful thing of, of what happened. So this earthquake there. And then Paul and Silas were taken captive. They were beaten and put in prison. And it says this, as they were praying, they were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And the Bible says, you haven't come to this one, but you have come to another mountain. So we haven't come to that mountain in the Old Testament that says, you come to the mountain and you stop. And you're scared. But we have come to a mountain that we go through and come on the other side and we have changed. So it's not a, a mountain to stop you, but it's a mountain to go through and be a changed person on the other side. You and I have come to a whole new way. We've come to a new door, another, another possible way to approach God. It's a new way to approach life itself. You know, when Jesus comes in your life, it's a different way of living. God opens a door you've never had before. Something else happens. You're suddenly in, in freedom. It's a new way how you face things. You know, the difference between me and my neighbor who isn't a Christian is that I've got help on my side. I've got, I've got answers for things. That, it's not that my life is so different. I still face the same things as my, the, the, friend, the friends that we have. But we have come to means that there's an, a new experience on a daily basis. We have come to. It's in the present tense. It's something that you and I can experience today. And one of those unshakable things, because God said, you come to a place of a couple of things that are unshakable. And one of the things that the Hebrew writer is writing is, firstly, you and I have an unshakable future. We have come to another mountain. We have come to be part of another city. And I believe it's because we start to understand that our God is sovereign. My future, your future, is totally in the hands of God. And looking back over my life, I've, we've gone through some real rough times. But looking back, what they have done in my life and my heart and that of my wife and, is that there is something of an unshakable future formed knowing the sovereignty of God, knowing that I cannot understand everything, but what I do know is that He knows. He knows. He knows everything. I'm so solid in Him. As a person, I'm not a very solid person, but God in me is building that foundation of nothing can happen to me, whatever the future holds. To be honest, that's growing. It's a process. 
But as I get to know God, that's growing. When you and I are out of resources, we have no more finance or work or even the ability to do something about or no more energy. The Bible says this, what cannot be shaken is your future. Your name, my name, is written in heaven. You are in the Lamb's book of life. Secondly, we have come to a joyful assembly. In the Greek it says, an incredible wild party. I like the Greek, don't you? An incredible wild, so it's not a nice smiling community. It's an incredible, I like nice smiling communities, by the way, that's not, no wrong. <laughs> but it says it's exuberant. It's very excited. It is shoutfully joyful. It's not like the emotional and stable and movable Dutch Christians when they get together. In a <laughs> it's not like that. It really is a celebration. It's a festival. The word there is festival. And I think festival is a wonderful way to describe church. Any meeting should call, be called festival. This Sunday morning should be called festival. We are ready for a festival. That's basically it. You have come to, and we said before, that is, it is possible to experience this joy, this incredible joy, even if you're in the midst of the most difficult of circumstances. And I don't want to preach it at you because it's something that it might come across as so easy because I don't know your situation. But I have found that somewhere in the midst of all the trouble I have faced over the years, somewhere in that if I can grasp the joy of God and hold on to it, it will give me strength. Whatever you face, you can still come to Jesus and find a joy that is real and that will take you beyond the now. Thirdly, what we've come to, it says here, you and I have come to God, the judge of all men, the spirits of righteous man made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood. And to be honest, that takes about a year to explain, I would say. <laughs> but the Hebrew writer writes all of this in one breath. It's one sentence, one long sentence. But the essence of it is that all of it has to do with judgment and the effects that the judgments of God have on our lives. We have come to, yes, judgment. But like I said, it's not to come to the mountain and stop, but it's God to this new mountain saying, you come to Jesus, yes, judgment, but that judgment is to take you through the mountain. So you're not stopping somewhere because of the judgment. You are taken through, through the judgment and come on the other side and you are cleansed. It is the righteousness of Jesus that carries you through the mountain on the other side and now you are a saint and no longer a sinner. So God isn't saying judgment stop. He's saying no, judgment cleanses me so that I come on the other side through the judgment of Jesus Christ and what he has done on the cross. I am judged, but I'm found in him to be perfect. So don't stop here. Stopping is the Old Testament. 
Stopping is because you're fearful of God. Have no fear of God. He loves you. And the grace of God will take you through. And the, the work of Jesus will take you through to get you on the other side. The judgment of Jesus has a cleansing effect on our hearts. So it speaks about having an unshakable identity as the children of God. So you've got this unshakable future, this unshakable joy, and this unshakable identity as a Christian. And what we've come to is to God himself. We've come to Jesus and to his blood. So all the shaking in our lives is about building your life. It's about increasing your faith. It's about having this unchangeable character of God and his unchanging promises in us being built to get, make us strong. So coming back to the prayer meeting in Acts 4, when the shaking happened, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So through the shaking, they received boldness. So they had this unshakable faith. So for the remainder of my time with you, let me put, try to put some flesh to the bones of what I've said and make it a bit practical. Hope that helps. But, you, you know, I don't know you. But you might sit here and feel very vulnerable at this moment in time. Maybe more so than in the past. And, you know, I found that as a Christian, uh, younger or older, we can sometimes cope with a few circumstances that are difficult. And you find sometimes a little bit of pressure is not too much. We can deal with it. But if it comes at you for a season and everything hits you one after the other, you suddenly feel very vulnerable and not able to cope with it. And then it isn't that easy anymore. And the, the answers, you're seeking answers, they are not found that easily anymore. And you might be in a position where you feel much more vulnerable now than you've ever done before, although you're a Christian much longer. And sometimes you can watch the world around you with all that's going on, and it doesn't feel a safe place anymore. But God wants to remind you and me today that what you and I believe about our future will have an, a, a deep effect on what we and how we live our lives today. So it's important how you can see your future. Because if your future is unshakable, then whatever road you take, however long it takes, you'll get there. <laughs> That's why you and I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because in myself, I have no strength to do so. When you know Jesus, and when you are born again, your name is written in heaven. You've got an unshakable future, and whatever happens, you're safe. Unshakable future, unshakable joy, unshakable identity. Not because you feel great, not because your circumstances are that good, but because you are trusting God, and you are being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, what happens then is not that I need to trust God to act. No, we need to trust in God who will act. You know, it's about not me acting. We need to trust that God will act, that he will act at the right time. You know, it's, it's sometimes we, 
we say we trust God, but by, by our decisions, we, didn't, we don't show it so much. It's a bit like this, uh, this um, at a, a Bible week, a uh, couple of, well, many years ago now. But uh, we had uh, Bible weeks. In those days, we had Bible weeks. And um, different streams, different uh, groups had Bible weeks. And the Bible weeks we were going to, every time we went to England, it rained. It did. I'm so sorry. Sun is shining now. Thank you, Quincy, for just mentioning it. But uh, we've been in Bible Weeks where it rained all Bible Week, uh, whole weekends. So we had two of these rainy weekends, one after the other in a row. And then the other Bible Week turn, uh, came. And the, the, so the, the guy who stood up said, uh, who of you is in faith for this weekend to be full of sunshine? So almost everyone had his hands raised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he then said, who of you brought an umbrella and wellies? <laughs> <laughs> so we say we have faith, we sometimes don't act accordingly. You know, another thing we need to learn from these passages, from this passage here in Hebrew says that sometimes things or people or circumstances present themselves as irremovable. They are so fixed, you think, that's never going to move. It's never going to change. You can think, you pray for people, think it's never going to happen. You know, my son, uh, two, three days ago, um, we were sitting in a meeting, and he was there on foot at night. And he showed, me, uh, showed us a text message from their neighbor. They'd been praying for their neighbors for seven years, inviting them to all sorts. And they've been good friends, never turned up to any of the meetings. Then something happened in their lives. Uh, the lady went to church. They, said, they invited her and said, why don't you come? Come to church. It changed her life. Now the kids go, still praying. The husband is absolutely refusing. Nothing to do with it. But after seven years of not seeing anything, suddenly broke open. But sometimes things present themselves as you're not going to change this. But those things, just remember from this, those things that look irremovable and too powerful to handle will be removed because everything else will be shaken. Apart from our lives being built on God, apart from our lives being built on the kingdom of God, Everything else is expandable. It, God will shake everything that presents itself as irremovable. So what seems to be unchangeable for you can and will be changed by the presence of God. We were singing that song this uh, morning. David says in the Psalms, your loving kindness is better than life itself. We were singing this morning about his love being a firm foundation and for us to trust him, and we will not be shaken. We were singing it. <laughs> well, God's love is more solid than life itself. And you and I can depend totally on the love of God. His love never changes. It never runs out, the Bible says. It never disappears. So what we have come to, 
is being filled with the Holy Spirit means that the presence of God is in us. And what the, the guys faced in Acts 4 is instead of having fear of man, because that could have been the result of being threatened by all these guys, they had faith in God. And God wants to clear our minds from fear of man. He wants us to have a boldness not of ourselves, but of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, sometimes our minds can be easily upset and filled with thoughts that occupy us because people around us will not help us to build faith. You know that. You know, sometimes you have these remarks and suddenly it sticks in your mind somewhere. You're not aware of it, but it's there. And... Um, it's a bit like this couple, I'm, I'm not sure if I used that illustration before, but this couple that uh, wanted to go, years ago, go to New York. And uh, <clears throat> all the friends said in those days, you don't go to New York. You know, you've got muggers there and thieves and people with pistols and they kill you. So don't go. So the couple went. <laughs> they went and uh, so they were in this hotel and um, so they went down the elevator into the foyer, and suddenly the woman thought, oh, no, I forgot my purse. So she said to her husband, you wait, I'll go back, and then I'll get the purse and come down. So as she steps in the elevator, just before the doors closed, this huge fella stood there with a big dog and went in the elevator with her. So they stood there, the doors closed, and suddenly the guy says, lie down! And as she lay down, she looked to the left, and the dog was lying down. <laughs> it was in her mind. Robbers, killers. She forgot all about the dog. <laughs> You know, that does happen with us. It sticks in our minds and sooner or later it triggers and something happens. And fear comes because we heard something. But God wants to replace what's there. He wants us to be changed. And to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And to be aware of the presence of God. So what the Holy Spirit does is to help us not to give up, not to give in. And I find this one of the most challenging things in the Christian life, is to not give up and to persevere. And you and I need the Holy Spirit to do that. We're not just about to start well. God wants us to finish well. I look at Paul, and he said, I made it. I think, Paul, you've seen people being raised from the dead. You've planted churches. You've been traveling the world. But he still was convinced, I need to finish well. You know, in an unstable word, world, we can have unshakable lives. And I'd love us to stand. And... Uh, I love us to uh, have a moment to maybe reflect. 
And I will do an invitation, I'll, um, really to invite you to come and to come forward. When Jesus was standing in John 7, it says he stood there at this big celebration. And um, at that moment, he said when everyone was, uh, the water was poured around the altar and everything else was happening, people were watching it, Jesus looked at the crowd and said, whoever is thirsty, come to me and drink. If you believe that, then streams of living water will come. And so the invitation that Jesus made is come to me. And in a moment, I will ask you to just come, if you want to. If there's something that you want of Jesus, to come to him. So we have a prayer team here praying for you. I, I want to pray for you. Uh, but we're going to trust that God will give you what you come forward for. Um, you know, for the disciples, I said, it wasn't the first time that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was second time and many more times to come. You might have been filled with the Holy Spirit before. But I do feel that God wants to give you more. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus and you've never experienced Jesus' love before. You've maybe even been afraid of surrendering. I hope that from this morning you gather that Jesus hasn't asked you to come and stop and be afraid. He asked you to come to go through it with him and come out on the other side being a saint rather than a sinner. To be someone who doesn't have to do it by himself, but to just receive what Jesus Christ has done for you. Maybe you're here and your life feels a bit shaky at the moment. Maybe you feel you're in a season where you're most vulnerable questions is why don't why not come forward and receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit maybe you face things in life that seem to tell you it's never gonna change might be people that you love and pray for and you have not seen anything happen yet might be circumstances or situations why not come to God why not come to Jesus, to his blood, and find that he is able to shake everything? If you feel you're stuck, maybe through things of life or decisions you've made in the past, and you think, I can't go beyond this. God's invitation is not to come to any judgment, but you come through the judgment on the other side to know you're cleansed. God wants to do some cleansing today. He wants to help you. So why not come forward? And as I pray, and we'll, uh, just wait on him, but I do feel it'd be good if you take a step so we can pray for you. And Father, I do thank you so much for being with us today. Lord, uh, words can only do so much, but we do believe that your word can do everything. And through your word, you, it's like a sharp sword, Lord. It penetrates, it, it, it divides, it, it, it brings in clarity for us. I do feel, Lord, that you want to speak to us. And as we pray that your word will come, I do pray as we pray, Lord, that uh, the things that seem to not move will be moved. 
things we got stuck onto, Lord, will disappear. Anything that stands in the way for your plans for us. We want it to be lifted, Lord, today. For you to show your mercy and grace. We thank you for it, Lord. Can I invite you to come if you feel there's an area in your life where you need God to touch your life? You come. Yeah, you come forward. We take our time. If there's anything else, we'll pray. You come. Believing that God will speak to you personally. You come forward. We will take our time. Believe that God is here to minister to you and to help you. If you are dry, you feel I've been in a very dry season and I've found it hard to find God in this season and God wants to show himself. If you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit before but as of late you don't feel really much of his promptings then God wants to help you in that. If there are things in your life or in your situations that you feel I cannot see a change here. It seems like I'm battling against something that there's no door opening. God wants to open that door. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you. I know already few respond, quite a few responded, but I do feel there's still people out there needing to respond because God wants to help you. I think it's for one or two specifically that God has given that word. You come. Yeah, you come. God wants to speak to you. You come. We take our time. You come. Can we make a bit more room? Could you come forward a bit more? Others are responding. You come. love the ministry team to also come pray with the people not long conversations about what but, but maybe an indication of why you've come forward be good if you could do that and then for people to pray into it and uh, I pray Lord that when we pray that faith will be released and we will see many changes we see breakthroughs Lord and if we are prayed for I pray for faith even in our own hearts that what we pray for will happen in the name of Jesus. Lord, thank you for so many people responding, but we do feel, Lord, that we're coming to you, Lord Jesus, and you never let anyone go who's come to you. You will not send them away empty, and you will do what you have promised. So, Father, as we pray, we pray for miracles to happen and for situations to change in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.